This is Amy. I recently started an Aswath blog where I look at non-Western imagery and Chinese literature in A Song of Ice and Fire. And I was told by more than one people that writing an essay is great, but if you want people to read it, maybe the best thing to do is to have an audio recording of you reading the essay. So I'm going to read my first essay, which is about Tyrion and Sun Wukong, the Monkey King. So. If you've ever seen the animated series Dragon Ball, the main character is heavily based on the Monkey King. Son Goku is actually the Japanese pronunciation of Swan Wukong. And Son Goku has a monkey's tail, he rides on a cloud, and he uses an extender pole to do battle. All of these are features taken from Son Wukong. A contemporary example is New Legends of Monkey from Netflix, which is an Australian adaptation that imagines the story in an Asianized realm that is not explicitly China and this demon monkey is actually a really good-looking man, but he's still called Monkey. Additionally, there are video games, stage performances, and numerous Asian adaptations. Sun Wukong, the Monkey King, is one of the most popular characters, if not the most, to emerge from Chinese fiction onto the international stage. Though Sun Wukong parallel, through Sun Wukong parallels to Tyrion, I will show that Sun Wukong's story could have implications for Tyrion's character development and arc overall. So, the Monkey King origins. So where does this Monkey King come from? He originally appears in Journey to the West around circa 19, er, 1592, one of the four great masterpieces. Journey to the West centers on a monk named Tripitaka who travels with Sun Wukong and other banished celestials, heavenly beings with godlike power, named Sanni, Pigsy, and Yulong, the dragon horse, which he does not usually appear in a lot of adaptations. Now, Monkey, Sun Wukong, is smart, manipulative, and egotistical, but most of all, he is all-powerful and feared. Although he was not originally a celestial, uh, he was able to use the Tao, or the Way, uh, to form uh, his, his body into a bipedal monkey from a rock, and he gained power via enlightenment in five ways. A stone becoming a person or being through self-cultivation is a very common trope in Chinese literature. You can see this in Dream of the Red Chamber, also known as Story of the Stone, where the main character is incarnated in human form from a stone that fell from the pillars of heaven. Now back to the story. Monkey was causing a lot of chaos and mischief, and this caught the attention of the Buddha, who feared that his power and hubris. Now the Buddha traps him under a mountain for 500 years. Nessie at the Unspun Yarn made a wonderful connection with this mountain in Casterly Rock. Just as the Monkey King was trapped beneath the weight of the mountain, so too is Tyrion crushed by the responsibilities of being a Lannister of the Rock. Additionally, the seat of House Lannister is deep within the mountain, just as Monkey King was imprisoned deep within the mountain. Now in Journey to the West, after the Monkey King emerges from the mountain, the Buddha wants to put him to use. So the Buddha sees the world as immoral and derelict, and he orders Monkey to help a member of the clergy uh, to journey west to India and bring back Buddhist texts known as sutras to enlighten the people of China. The monk, Tripitaka, is chosen as the representative. Tripitaka can control monkey through a golden ring on monkey's head that the Bodhisattva enlightened being, Guan Yin, also known as Avalokiteshvara, made. So when this monk chants, the ring will tighten around monkey, giving him a splitting headache that stops him. This ragtag group become friends after their multiple adventures, and when they return to China, they all achieve some form of status as a Buddhist enlightened being. Journey to the West was first introduced to an American audience via Arthur Whaley's abridged translation, Monkey, from 1942. 
Notice that the English title follows focuses on Monkey as the main character rather than the shared mission of Journey to the West. Um, America became enthralled with Monkey, specifically. His fellow travelers were largely forgotten. In contemporary Chinese and so-called Western adaptations, especially those for kids, Monkey gets the majority of the screen time, especially during fight scenes. Now let's get to the reason you're all here. Monkeys in A Song of Ice and Fire. So looking at Essos, according to the World of Ice and Fire, Lomas Longstrider, Longstrider considers that Lung is home to 10,000 tigers and 10 million monkeys. Lung and the other lands of the Jade Sea are largely Asian-based, and I will be doing a multiple-part series on the lands of the Jade Sea, don't you worry. Now, in choosing tigers and monkeys, George R. R. Martin has intentionally picked animals that are commonly associated with East Asia. In the world of A Song of Ice, uh, of Song of Ice and Fire, monkeys are associated with quickness, trickery, and grasping. There is an ingrained concept in Westerosi society that monkeys are related to tumbling and fools. Monkeys are connected to mummers, who use them as a part of their acts. When Zaro Zoandaxos boasts to Daenerys Targaryen about all of the things that he has given her, tumbling monkeys are among them, and that is in A Clash of Kings, Daenerys III. In A Game of Thrones, John V, Alistair Thorne tells John and the rest of the Night's Watch recruits, quote, they will call you men of the Night's Watch now, but you are bigger fools than the mummer's monkey, if you believe that, end quote. While monkeys are prominent throughout the series, the majority of quotes are associated with Tyrion. So, next section, Tumbling Tyrion. Tyrion is called a monkey multiple times throughout the series, and there is a heavy association with Tyrion as a tumbling monkey. Tyrion is seen as doing tumbling moves in A Game of Thrones and A Dance with Dragons, causing many discussions in the fandom about ableist representations of little people. While some argue for not applying contemporary values on a story that is medievalist, I disagree with this view vehemently. Our contemporary values, for me feminism principally among them, are not only applicable to contemporary times. Feminist theorists and scholars can and have imposed feminist values on the past, critically engaging with the mostly male archive and canon. My feminist criticism, or the feminist criticism of other Oswalt bloggers say, as such as Good Queen Owie, enriches the text and lets us unpack the characters of the story. Chloe's feminist analysis on Girls Gone Canon podcast has completely changed the way I read Sansa. Thank you, Chloe. This is all to say that acknowledging the problematic representation of Tyrion as a tumbling dwarf is necessary work and comes from a place of caring for the text and the fandom as a whole. That being said, making associations between Tyrion and tumbling monkeys has consequences for his relationship with his father. In A Dance with Dragons, Tyrion thinks back to a pleasant childhood memory that quickly turns sour. I begin quite a long quote here. He, Tyrion, pulled off the other boot, then did a cartwheel along, along the deck, spraying all of them. Young Griff laughed. Where did you learn that? The mummers taught me, he lied. Uh, and I removed some text for brevity. The truth was rather different. His, Tyrion's, uncle had taught him a bit of tumbling when he was six or seven. Tyrion had taken to it eagerly. For a half for half a year, he cartwheeled his merry way around Casterly Rock, bringing smiles to the faces of the Septon, squires, and servants alike. Even Cersei laughed to see him once or twice. At the end, uh, all that ended abruptly the day his father returned from a sojourn in King's Landing. That night at supper, Tyrion surprised his sire by walking the length of the high table on his hands. Tyrion was, Lord Tywin was not pleased. The gods made you a dwarf. Must you be a fool as well? You were born a lion, not a monkey. End quote. 
from A Dance with Dragons, Tyrion 4. The image of the tumbling midget is inextricably linked to Tyrion's identity, and especially his childhood. It reminds him of a joyous time cut short by his father's disappointment. Monkeys are like fools in that they are heavily associated with laughter and entertaining people. And Tyrion even marks that Cersei was entertained. This association of Tyrion as a tumbling monkey is also a parallel to in-universe characters with dwarfism such as Mushroom the Fool. Or if we stretch the fool, we stretch it to fools generally, there's a possibility for Patchface references. Before Patchface the Fool was rendered insane according to the human standards, if he indeed did come into contact with a higher power, he, he was described by Lord Stephen Baratheon as smart and splendid fool in the letter that he wrote before his fatal journey back to Storm's Inn. Begin quote. Only a boy yet nimble as a monkey and witty as a dozen courtiers. He juggles and riddles and does magic and he can sing prettily in four tongues. We have, we have bought his freedom and hope to bring him home with us. Robert will be delighted with him, and perhaps in time he will even teach Stannis how to laugh, from A Clash of, a Clash of Kings prologue. The monkey imagery continues, as does its association with fools and laughter. It is obvious that George has taken the witty monkey imagery and run with it, along with its relationship to being foolish and tricky. There is also this seeming loss of intelligence after Patchface survived the shipwreck, and he is completely withdrawn from human reality. There has been the quiet lion theory predicting that Tyrion will lose his tongue, but what about losing his mind? Wouldn't that be the most tragic for his character? Tyrion commented that he needs books to sharpen his mind like a warrior sharpens their sword. So what if he no longer had the one thing that he sees as his main strength and contribution? More on this in a later section. So perhaps Martin imagined being a tumbling dwarf as an alternative life for Tyrion after killing his father and escaping to Essos. Certainly this could have been an option, uh, if he had written the five-year gap. After all, had Tyrion been born a small folk, he would have had very few opportunities, and other than using his wits, his only recourse would have been to become an entertainer. It would seem, it seems like Martin planted a seed and tried to make it grow a few times, perhaps not giving it up altogether. Martin was asked by a fan in 2002 about Tyrion tumbling. Beginning this quote, fam. Uh... I have one small thing I would like to ask if that's okay. I was rereading GOT and I noticed that you had Tyrion doing flips and handstands at the feast at Winterfell. And I was wondering if you planned on giving him a gymnast skill or some sort of circus midget skill, then, then decided that you didn't want that because I don't ever remember anything like that coming up again in the series. Martin answers, well, the occasion did not call for it, but you may see some more along those lines in the next book. This is from So Spake Martin, February 23rd, uh, 2002. It seems that Tyrion the Tumbling Dwarf is a planted seed that perhaps grew into a sprout, but not a full-blown arc. The next book Martin was referring to, of course, turned out to be two books, with Tyrion's chapters being in A Dance with Dragons. We see in the passage from A Dance with Dragons that Tyrion considers his son, that Tywin considers his son's dwarfism further insulting. Uh, um, and if his son were to live the life of a of a tumbler. Tywin's personal shame comes from his classism and ableism, of course, but it also speaks to Tyrion's tendency towards self-fulfilling prophecy. His father did not want him to be reviled demon monkey, so Tyrion became what Tywin and the common people feared. While there is 
a tumbling dwarf monkey connection in the books, it is also, perhaps inadvertently, a feature of the Monkey King, Sun Wukong. Both in the original novel and in television adaptations, Monkey is able to control the wind element. Some scholars argue that Monkey's flight is a reference to the Hindu monkey god Hanuman, whose father is the wind god. Uh, the Monkey King is light on his feet and flies uh, either uh, on his cloud or flying like Superman, or literally tumbling through the air. For an example, you can look at a Chinese version that I've linked in, my, uh, in this essay, and at the 510 marker, you see Monkey flipping and tumbling on his cloud, really showing his playful nature. So this constant tumbling further adds to Monkey's reputation as a tricky figure who uses his speed to his advantage. He has superior strength, but more than anything, it is his agility and wit that wins fights. Now, next section, Tyrion the Demon Monkey. The small folk call Tyrion Demon Monkey. This is a feature of Martin's world building, having superstitious common people who fear those with bodily difference, and it's also possible hint at a well-known fan theory. Tyrion's label as a demon monkey is a part of the peasant tendency to grow a story. The small folk become a kind of game of telephone when it comes to gossip. While Tyrion was born with bodily difference, we learn from Oberyn Martell that when Tyrion was born, the common people talked about all sorts of hideous maladies. This, of course, feeds further into the Tyrion Targaryen theory when we take into account the Targaryen history of monstrous births. If you reject the Tyrion Targ theory, the demon monkey comments still serve as an overall commentary on how gossip travels in Westeros and how their ableist bias manifests. The small folk are hateful and fearful towards Tyrion, seeing him as the demon monkey puppet master, pulling all the strings, something that is mentioned more direct mentioned directly in season two of the show. Uh, and there, yes, and I have a link in my blog uh, for an essay that has more on Tyrion as a puppet master. Now, the reader has more context, seeing the many characters who exercise power over Tyrion and his personal struggles. In Clash of Kings, Tyrion overhears the street preacher calling him a demon monkey firsthand, Tyrion V. And he is painted as a demon who controls the real rulers from the shadows. He thinks of this demon monkey comet as he has structures burned in preparation for the Battle of the Blackwater, an early example of his ease with violence and another example of his own self-sabotage. It is also one of the first times that we see Tyrion's obsession with certain phrases. He can't get the comet out of his head, referencing it again in his 10th and 11th chapters. Quote, the dwarf, the evil counselor, the twisted little demon monkey, I am the only, I am all that stands between them and chaos. Clash of Kings, Tyrion 10. Now Tyrion sees himself as the savior of the city, but he is feared because he is powerful and seemingly unknowable, very similar to Monkey. Tyrion associates himself with a monkey outside of just thinking about the words uh, of the common folk. When Tyrion thinks of his SOC cover name, YOLO, he thinks to himself that it, quote, sounds like something you might name a monkey. A Dance with Dragons, Tyrion 3. Just in case the reader might think that this is a Westerosi association, even in Essos, and in disguise, he is still called a monkey. A slaver notes, quote, I once had a monkey that could perform all sorts of clever tricks. Your dwarf reminds me of him. Is he a gift? A Dance with Dragons, Tyrion 7. Cersei point, Cersei's point of view chapters also add to the connection between Tyrion and monkeys. When talking to Felice Stokeworth in A Feast for Crows, Cersei thinks of Felice, quote, is your sigil a lamb, my lady, or some sort of grasping monkey? Cersei, five. This is 
There is an association with Land the Clever and Ambition, taking Casterly Rock through Guile. In Cersei's next chapter, she talks to Tyano Merriweather, who mentions monkeys, and Cersei thinks, sparrows and monkeys, truly the realm has gone mad. She associates Tyrion with grasping, seeing his claim of Casterly Rock as ridiculous and inferior to her own. If it wasn't already clear that monkeys were a trigger for Cersei, she has a nightmare in her ninth chapter, when Tyrion is naked and, quote, covered with coarse hair that made him look like a monkey, more a monkey, <sighs> covered with coarse hair that made him look more like a monkey than a man. This seems to be a mixture of her fear of Tyrion, the common description of him as a demon monkey, and her increasing paranoia. But Cersei is not the biggest hater of monkeys, though. That title goes to Victorian Greyjoy, who cannot stop thinking about them in the Iron Suitor chapter of A Dance with Dragons. Monkeys have infested his ship, and while his crew are delighted by their antics, Victorian is utterly unamused. He thinks of monkeys as filthy and demonic, remarking on how monkey feces rains down from the mast. Pretty vivid mental picture. It is ironic that given the heavy association of pirates and monkeys, the captain of a pirate ship is so disdainful of them. The most common animal that sits on a pirate's shoulder in popular adaptation is a pirate, but monkeys are also commonly present. Should Victorion go on to become an antagonist of Danny Targaryen, this could perhaps be some foreshadowing for a clash with Tyrion. Next section. Intelligence and clever and intelligence and cleverness, the crazy lion theory. Uh, I want to say right out, I started this blog as a literary analysis blog. It is not a theory blog, but I happened upon a theory in my first essay. And this is not a theory that I will die on a hill for. It's just something that I found. I have established that in Westeros, monkeys are associated with trickery, grasping, and deviousness. There is also an association with intelligence. After all, you have to be smart to trick someone, or they have to be very dumb. Tyrion is one of the most brilliant and well-read characters in the series, something that he proves in the Battle of the Blackwater. Much later in the story, he uses young Griff's own ego against him and convinced the young claimant to, to the Iron Throne to sail for Westeros prematurely. The Monkey King's intelligence is widely acknowledged in the original novel, and his quick thinking often saves the day. So there is an obvious monkey parallel, but I have also seen some parallels with Patchface. Which leads me back to the Quiet Lion Theory. Tyrion would certainly be forever changed if he couldn't speak, but what if he couldn't even think clearly? I propose the crazy lion theory. We see him spiraling after killing his father and, and his obsessions have become heightened. This could be a descent into a violent madness. The way that he fixates on certain phrases such as wherever whores go or hands of gold and his increasingly violent tendencies could be the beginning of his slip into mental confusion coupled with blind rage. Now, I am not proposing that people with mental health issues have violent tendencies, but rather that Tyrion's violent spiral could result in a complete mental breakdown. Many theorize that Patchface had a run-in with the gods under the sea, perhaps the drowned god. Some fans even argue that his prophetic riddles show that he is only perceived as mad, but is actually in contact with a higher power, thinking on a whole different level, if you will. George wrote a chapter where Tyrion met the Shrouded Lord that was cut from Dance with Dragons. If Tyrion had met the Shrouded Lord when he fell into the Roin during the Stoneman attack, he, like Patchface, would have had an underwater mystical experience. This chapter would make the parallels with Patchface even stronger. Even so, rather than some supernatural cause, Tyrion's madness could be caused by his own violent impulses, obsession, paranoia, and his disregard for female life. Shay is an obvious example, but his thoughts about Penny are becoming increasingly troubling. I will admit 
that the parallels to Patchface might be simply that fools are associated with monkeys, but I would not put it past George to be using monkey imagery for a parallel storyline. All right, final section, the dark side. <clears throat> the Monkey King is known for being violent and impulsive, causing trouble in hell and in heaven. The show gave us a Tyrion that didn't descend into darkness. After killing Shay and his father, Tyrion goes back to being witty and drunk like before. The books are definitely taking a much darker turn in his POV chapters. We have seen in A Storm of Swords and Dance that Tyrion has a dark side and increasingly violent thoughts. His descent into, into a penchant for violence seems to be escalating in the series, and it will surely continue in The Winds of Winter. Tyrion is intelligent. That is without dispute. But he is also impulsive and self-sabotages continuously, especially when it comes to women. He knew the dangers of bringing Shay to King's Landing, but thought with the wrong head. His almost immediate reaction to her in his father's bed was to kill her, another impulsive decision. He often can't help himself from trying to bait his sister and doesn't know when to turn it off many times when it comes to conforming to Westerosi courtly behavior. He blows up at his trial. Although it is a rigged system, it only confirms their suspicion of him as a twisted little demon monkey. <clears throat> monkey the Monkey King is feared because he is powerful enough to do whatever he wants, and in many ways, Tyrion has used his status and wealth as a Lannister to do, as a Lannister to do what he wants as well. So the final question is, why? Why does George want to encourage the reader to associate Tyrion with monkeys? One possibility is a light to dark and then back to light arc that Tyrion appears to be going through. Just as Swan Wukong redeemed himself after appearing irredeemable, Tyrion might appear irredeemable now and prove himself in the end. Calling Tyrion a monkey might also be a commentary on Tywin and Tyrion's relationship, and Tyrion overall. One of the most interesting things to consider is something that Nessie at the Unspun Yarn pointed out to me. In the Western Zodiac, Leo occupies the same space as the monkey in the Chinese Zodiac. So, rather than Tyrion being born a lion, not a monkey, he is actually born a lion and a monkey. Thank you very much for listening to my first essay. My next essay is going to be about the Wall in the North and the Five Forts and their parallels to the Great Wall of China. Um, so follow me on Twitter. Uh, check out the links down below in the description to my blog. Uh, and thank you once again for listening.